What is up, Level Up Nation, and welcome to the February 22nd edition of OTN's Level Up Live, your home for gaming and esports news, brought to you by OTN Media. My name is Fiasco, you can call me John, and I am joined, as always, by the king of the courtside, the courtside king. Joey, what's up, buddy? John, we vibe in this week. Uh, it has been a busy one. Work for both of us has been quite busy, as it feels like we say every week on this show. Um, but gaming is finally coming into its own a little bit. It's starting to slow down a little bit here and there. Uh, we had a big showcase from Xbox at the beginning of the year. We got two state of plays from PlayStation in early February. Then Nintendo came out this week and gave us a Nintendo Direct. So we will, of course, be touching on that today. But overall, uh, I've at least embraced the opportunity to go back to my backlog and to start diving a little bit into some of those older games lately as well. See, there you go. There you go, Joey Nation. If you're not doing so already, make sure you are following the show on social media. Follow the show on Twitter or X or wherever the hell Elon Musk is calling it, calling it this <laughs> week. Uh, and Facebook at OTN Media. Instagram and threads at OTN underscore media. While you're on those platforms, follow Joey at Courtside King and Fiasco for my socials as well. And you can get the live reactions to all of the hottest takes in gaming news as they break throughout the week. And then we will expand on them for you on Thursday's show. Nation, speaking of Thursday's show, the live show on Twitch is the place to be for Level Up Live, but have no fear. We understand you have busy lives, which is why we have the podcast version of the show available roughly 24 hours after the live stream. Check it out on your podcatcher of choice on the Level Up Podcast. Extra credit, you have an Amazon Prime account. You ha- Your parents have an Amazon Prime account. Your best friend's dog has an Amazon Prime account, which means mm-hmm. you also have a Twitch prime sub to use use it on otn media today earn joey's eternal love and affection he will come over and scratch your back for no less than three and a half minutes simple as that all right joey what are we talking about i don't think you i don't think you enjoyed that perk there uh but anywho, we'll, yeah that's we'll an interesting one no less than three minutes you're really putting a quite three the, and a half quite the task out in front of me three, I, I believe in you sir you have those those cute little tiny hands uh, so there we go. Joey, what are we talking about today? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The Nintendo Direct will definitely be front and center. I feel like Nintendo has been super neglected in the last couple shows from us. Uh, so it's nice that they do finally have some news for us to report on. We will be diving through the Direct. Not every single title because we're not going to be here all night. But we'll look at some of the highlight ones as well as anything the chat may want us to touch on as well. Uh, on top of that, we will be jumping into PlayStation. It's been a little bit of a rough week for them financially. Um, but we do have some good news to potentially report in that area as well. Xbox gave us the next slate of Game Pass titles. We'll briefly slide on over those, as well as the titles that they'll be publishing uh, onto the Nintendo Switch and PlayStation platforms. We have an update on Epic Games Store and what they're bringing as far as new numbers for this year after. They've kind of had some rough years giving us those reviews of a lot of money being lost. Now it looks like things might be trending in the right direction. We have a return of another game, the... Um, we'll go into that a little bit more later, so teaser for next time. We have a new name for another game, a new trailer for the Borderlands movie, and much, much more. All right, sounds like a stacked show tonight here on Level Up before we can even jump into those amazing topics, Joey. You know what time it is. It's time for the drink of choice. Joey, your beverage, please, for this, the last, second-to-last show. Had a, it's a leap year this year. Uh, second-to-last show of uh, Level Up for February. Yeah, I actually have alcohol tonight. We're drinking a little Four Roses single barrel bourbon. Okay, girl, I see you. I yeah, see you. Yeah, I figured you. we celebrate. Mason, uh, right? Hey. Hey. Uh, Ohio sucks. Let's just leave it there. Uh, so, yeah, college college basketball. George Mason beat number 16 Dayton last night. It was incredible. Uh, so I am also celebrating, sir. I have the bourbon as well in the amazing Horde glass I got as a gift. 
I thought that's uh, what that was. <laughs> yeah, it is absolutely fantastic. And this is, of course, uh, brought to you courtesy of Filibuster, uh, the best Virginia uh, distillery uh, when it comes to bourbon. So, oh, victory sip. Mm. Delicious. Tastes like Ohio <laughs> sucking. There we go. All right, Joy. We have our topics. We have our beverages, which means it is time to get into today's episode. But, of course, before we can do that, Plug, today's episode of Level Live is presented by GamerBytes Bite Size Gaming News, delivered weekly directly to your inbox. Sign up today, otnmedia.org slash GB sign up. Joey, Nintendo did something. Let's talk about it. Absolutely, John. I did put the link in here for the show. If we want to jump around a little bit, Nintendo does get a little antsy with the copyright stuff, so let's just make sure we don't play any sound. Uh, we don't want the Nintendo mouse coming after us. Nintendo not quite the same mouse. as a Disney mouse, not quite as aggressive, um, but the Nintendo mouse or the Nintendo plumber, as we call him, Mario, uh, will come aggressively down our pipes as well. With oh. that being said, there is plenty to talk about here. Uh, first and foremost, we mentioned we'll talk about it a little bit later, but we might as well get the case started here. Uh, Xbox games are coming to the Nintendo Switch. This is not necessarily new. We've seen some games come in the past. Ori is one of them. Uh, Ori in the Blind Forest making its way over to Switch and did pretty well over there as well. Uh, it looks like they will bringing, be bringing a couple more titles that direction. Obsidian's Grounded and Pentiment are both announced for Nintendo Switch. Pentiment will be dropping this week. I believe it dropped today, so available now. If you're a physical game player, you want that cartridge. Limited Run Games will also be running a version of the physical as well, so you can pick those up. I think pre-orders for that open today as well. Uh, oh. Over to Grounded. I know. <laughs> I need a cough. Sorry. I've been holding it back, guys. Um, Obsidian's Grounded is also coming. This one headed there in April. So a little bit of a catch with Grounded. You will have to have a Nintendo Online subscription to play with other people. That's just kind of how multiplayer works on console. Additionally, in order to get into shared worlds, as well as cross-play opportunities, you're going to have to log into an Xbox account as well. So a few little caveats with that one. Um, but overall, two great games. John, I know we both have had the chance of at least playing Grounded. It's a fun experience, and I'm really glad... Then we're now going to see people on Nintendo as well as later PlayStation as well having access to this game too. Side note, arachnophobia mode uh, <laughs> is a thing here. Uh, if you are terrified of spiders that are 18 times the size as your in-game avatar, turn that bad boy on uh, and it becomes a blob. Not as terrifying. Do I remember the first time we went into a uh, cavern, also known as a small hole in the ground for us normal-sized people. Um, absolutely terrifying. That spider was massive. I mean... This is literally, honey, I shrunk the kids in the backyard, uh, and those spiders are freaking massive. But I will say this. I'm super excited that uh, Nintendo Switch owners will be able to play this game. Granted, there's going to be some hoops they have to jump through, but totally worth it. It is a fantastic game. Uh, just the only warning being the gigantic spiders that are very silent, just like they are in real life. Ah, Joy, there's one next to you. <laughs> <laughs> that one again coming April 16th and John and I haven't played it in a hot minute or at least I haven't John I don't know if you've dove into it recently nope. um, but they've also added a ton it's a live service game they've added birds bees um, a bunch of like marshmallow and mushroom stuff since we've been in there last uh, plus all the other stuff I'm definitely forgetting uh, I know one of the bosses that got added they have an underwater boss now and John they have another one that's right down your alley uh, or in your cobweb per se a giant brood mother spider uh, got added to the game as well. So that's one of the big major bosses you can find in the backyard. 
So lots of fun stuff there. Uh, if you guys are into crawling around in the backyard, if you just want to shrink down like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, like John mentioned, this is definitely a great game for you to check out. Survival elements as well as co-op all in one little package. Next up, we got to look at Super Monkey Ball Banana Rumble also making its way. Uh, I don't know if you ever played any of the classic Super Monkey Ball games, um, but I do remember these back in the day. I think it was like GameCube is probably where I played them the most. Um, but that is definitely a fan favorite, especially for players over in Asia. That one will be making its return. And for the first time, up to 16 players from across the globe can duke it out in the multiplayer modes as well. This looks like Maze Runner or whatever that thing was that was popular. Maze Runner. Ones. Oh, my gosh. Are you talking? Wait. Temple like Run. Little... Temple Run. Oh, okay. There we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's kind of, uh, I don't know if I'll give you that one. Kind of, I mean, yeah. Maybe. There, there are definitely comparisons. I'll give you comparisons. Okay, so if you want to play Temple Rung, Monkey Ball Edition, go check this out. Uh, when it <laughs> drops later on, coming in June. Another one that had the OTN Discord server a pop and Star Wars Battlefront Classic Collection has been announced. Uh, this one in the works at Aspire Media. They're back at it with, once again, another re-release of a beloved classic game and another Star Wars game at that. They've had a couple recently. Uh, they did Episode One Racer a little while ago. I ended up going through and platinuming, platinuming slash 100%ing that one. Lots of fun, especially for a classic racer. Uh, this one looks promising as well. It's the full collection, so it's a com uh, compilation. I cannot speak today, guys. Sorry about that. Uh, of the first two Star Wars Battlefront games. Uh, alongside it, they're bungling two other games, including new content, maps, and characters. One of the new characters includes Jedi Kit Fisto, while Jabba's Palace is among one of the new maps, making its way in here alongside a new mode called Hero Assault. This one all coming out in early March, March 14th for the Nintendo Switch. It will also be making its way to PC, PlayStation, and Xbox. Uh, John, both of us are Star Wars fans. Not quite as big as OG Flavortown uh, on the server, but we do enjoy our Star Wars quite a bit. Uh, I'm stoked for this. The old graphics are definitely going to be uh, a bit of a jump, as many of these remasters are. But the classic content, with a nice little injection of some newer changes, content, mode, and such, uh, I think will be a fun way to dive into this classic title. I'm going to tell you why I'm not excited for this. Aspire is dead to me. And the reason why is because <laughs> they completely failed on making Knights of the Old Republic. Okay, time uh, out, time out, time out. That is not an Aspire problem. That is a Sony PlayStation problem, if we want to be real here. Mm, yes, okay. Yeah. Inside, well, I don't know if it's considered inside information at this point. I feel like it's come out publicly. The reason we are not hearing anything about that is not because of Disney. Is not because of Aspire. It is because of Sony PlayStation. Um, PlayStation, uh, in one way or another, stated that the game does not meet their expectations. So it has been put on the back burner multiple times now. It's been shifted around multiple times now. Uh, it still exists. When Disney is asked about it in earnings calls, they shake their head and say, yes, it's out there. Uh, and it's been listed on games that should be coming out in the next couple of years on most reports. But we have not heard any updates on the game. I think Bloomberg's Jason Schreier said it's on ice at the moment, and that's probably the biggest upside update we've had from someone inside the industry. Um, with that being said, I don't think we can necessarily blame Aspire on this one. I think they've done a good job with some remakes. Yes, this one may have not been the highest potential, uh, but I do think it could come back, whether it's with Aspire as a studio, whether it's with a new publisher. I'm still going to put faith that it lives out there somewhere. So Aspire has fumbled this, uh, and we're going to point the fingers at whoever we want to point to. 
Uh, you know, Joey, I, I am glad that Aspire has hired you to come to their defense. <laughs> um, I'm going to point fingers because they're the ones that still released the amazing Revan uh, sizzle reel, if you will, that got my hopes up. Um, not cool. Got my hopes up. And then just like overnight, all like markings for that game disappeared from their website. Everything went dark or put on ice. I don't care who put it on ice. I'm not happy about it. Uh, but yeah, cool, awesome, great. Congrats, Switch. You're getting these old Star Wars games that were remastered by a company that has broken my heart. Wow. How do you really yeah. feel? That's, that's how I feel. I mean, ideal world, I think <laughs> we see it reassigned to EA and Respawn gets a hand at it or Bioware. Bioware made the original ones. If you give it over to EA, you could give Respawn, who's done a really good job with recent Star Wars games. There's rumored to be a Mandalorian game over there. We've obviously gotten Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, both kind of slapped in their own way, I would say. On top of that, Bioware just having that original element of working on the game. I don't know. I, I could see a move where if PlayStation is still unsatisfied, Disney says, yo, we'll cut our losses. We can give you your some of your funding money back, whatever the case may be, for licensing, and then they move it over to EA. That would be my guess of what we could possibly see happen uh, if PlayStation is still unsatisfied, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I hope we get it at some point. I like the idea of uh, something a little bit more live action in that space. And again, those characters are just so well done. I want to play that game with better fighting mechanics. That's what I want to do. That's right, because the original was turn-based, right? Like, it's been a hot <laughs> minute since I played it. <laughs> the original was hot, hot, hot garbage. Uh, <laughs> not even sure how I played it uh, when that game first came out, because it just makes no sense nowadays. So, yeah, I just don't, I just don't get it. Well, hopefully we do get our remake. Um, whether you want to blame Aspire, PlayStation, the nerds who are funding it at Disney, I don't know. Um, feel free to blame whoever you want. For right now, we don't know where it is, um, but hopefully it does eventually make its return. I'm blaming Joey. <laughs> Always fair to blame me as well. It seems to be a common theme around here, too. <laughs> uh, next up on the list, we have classic rare games, including Killer Instinct and Battletoads and Battle Maniacs coming to Switch Online today. And by today, this means Wednesday, so just a day ago. Um, I think this is great. I think this is something that, again, it was kind of started with Xbox with backwards compatibility. Then we saw Sony jump into the pool, and then since then we've seen Nintendo jump in as well. I love the idea of being able to access older games. Now, again, there are other things like emulators out there. Um, there are other ways to do it, but if you do want to pay the price, if you do want to own those games fairly, uh, this is another way of doing it with Switch Online now. You could subscribe to the service and get access. You can buy these games as well. Um, I think it's great to see more classic games make their way over there. Uh, some of the other ones, RC Pro-Am from NES, Snake Rattle and Roll, one of John's favorites from NES as well. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm not sure I've heard that just, game. Just to get that <laughs> Um but yeah, guys, plenty of classic stuff from the NES as well as the Super NES making its way over there for Switch Online. Plus, expansion packs their subscribers um, having access to the Blast Corps version of the N64 game as well. Joey, isn't it great? Ever since Sony invented backwards compatibility, it's been oh my gosh, and crossplay, right? And crossplay, it's been, it's been. You know what? What would we do without our Lord and Savior Sony? Like, I, I really don't know what gaming would be if they didn't invent all these amazing things within the last two years. Never existed prior to that. The last two years, Sony, thank you. Maybe we would have Knights of the Old Republic remake. Hey, uh, moving on. Epic Aspire. Mickey. <laughs> Good old Epic Mickey. Pull out your paintbrush, ladies and gentlemen, because Epic Mickey Rebrushed is a remake of the 2010 Wii exclusive, and it is making its way back to Nintendo platforms. Uh, I believe this one is also coming to Xbox and PlayStation. Not 100% sure on PC. 
um, but always a good possibility that it's making its way over there as well. Uh, in addition to upgraded graphics and other improvements, this remake will add new skills for Mickey to take advantage of. Now you can swipe the paintbrush from left to right instead of just up to down. Just kidding. I actually have never played the game, so I don't know what the skills will be. Um, but overall, <laughs> I think this will be fun to see. Uh, once again, it seems like we're in the age of remakes. Um, we've gotten a lot of remakes from pretty much everywhere across the industry. From, I don't know, Capcom with Resident Evil won a bunch of awards. PlayStation obviously putting out quite a few remakes with The Last of Us remakes recently. Um, a number of other developers really across the industry and publishers pushing to get remakes out to fill gaps. Uh, especially gaps that have kind of been thrown off with COVID a few years back uh, and those development cycles kind of being thrown for a loop. Uh, with that being said, uh, Epic Mickey was not high on my list of remakes that I wanted, um, but all the same, I think it'll be fun to see what Disney and Nintendo bring to the table here uh, partnering with THQ. You I'm just glad. <laughs> yeah, I'm just glad it's not the new Mickey that looks like he's high on crack um, <laughs> or Goofy who looks like he's tripping off a of fentanyl or anything like that. <laughs> Um, yeah, the whoever is the artist at Disney right now is not doing Mickey and Friends a, a good service. They they are partaking in the Florida bath salts, if you know what I mean. Oh, um, yes. And not not in the good way. But uh, yeah, it, it looks cool. It looks interesting. It's uh, it's going to sell well. It's Disney. It's Mickey. It's like right up there with like Mario and Nintendo. Like if it's Disney, if it's the mouse. And if it's Nintendo and the fake Italian plumber, it's going to do well. Um, what noise would Mickey make when he's swiping his brush in this game, John? Oh, come on. I, I know you have an arsenal know. of Mickey voices over there. I do? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, of course. Sure. We're not going to get one? You afraid you're going to trigger the copyright? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. So <clears throat> part of it. So I almost lost my voice last night at the Mason game. So, like, my voice has been very rough today. So I have a feeling if I try to go that high of a pitch, it's going to come out and be like, oh, and that's definitely not to make you laugh. <laughs> so, you know. <clears throat> Can we at least have an attempt? Look, chat wants an attempt as well. No, that, that's not fair. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's all you're getting. <laughs> we'll try again later in the show, guys. Uh, next up, we have Shin Megami Tensei Five. Uh, similar to the kind of remake remaster version going on here as well. Uh, this one with the new subtitle of Vengeance. It's kind of a revamped version of the version that dropped on the Switch in 2021. Now coming out and dropping on multiple consoles as well. Also coming to PlayStation, Xbox, and PC when it does release in June 2021. It does have some new content coming along with it. Uh, so it is kind of in that realm of a remaster more than a remake. But in addition to that, it does get some new content uh, to keep things a little bit fresh, it's got new locations, demons, and choices that players can make. The enhanced version, again, will be a multi-platform release as well, something that really helps it stand alone from the original. Uh, it looks like we may have killed Mickey over there. I don't know where he ran off to, uh, but hopefully he'll be back soon enough. Uh, Shin Megami Tensei, again, it's, it's kind of a legendary game over in Asia. Uh, it's one of those ones that are put not quite on the pedestal of like a Bayonetta or a Persona, um, but it is one of those ones that has kind of made its way throughout uh, the different areas of the Asian culture in gaming. Uh, and it's nice to see it push further and further out west as well. I believe, and don't quote me on this, I think this is the first Shin Mega Megami game that does make its way to Xbox consoles as well. Uh, so kind of making some new boundaries and new highlights for the franchise in that sense as well. 
Moving on, we have Endless Ocean Luminous. This was kind of the one more thing of the showcase coming right at the end. A legendary franchise that really hasn't been around in quite a while. It appeared on the Wii and then made an appearance today. Endless Ocean Luminous is a scuba diving adventure game and the second sequel in Endless Ocean, the franchise, following its release in 2010, Endless Ocean 2, Adventures of the Deep. Uh, in Endless Ocean Luminous, players will venture across the Veiled Sea region to discover all the marine life inhabiting the area. And according to the store listing, we're looking at around 500 species of marine life for players to discover. It will be dropping on Nintendo Switch on May 2nd. So if you guys are all about that life of kind of diving in there, checking out the ocean, doing some surveying, uh, all of that good stuff as well, uh, this game will be available to you come May on Switch units. Uh, it does not look like this one will be coming to any other platform. So at least at launch, it will be exclusive to the Nintendo Switch. A uh, couple other ones in here. We got a look at South Park Snow Day announced for Nintendo Switch. Uh, we also got a look at Ender Magnolia Bloom in the Mist is a sequel to the 2021 game Ender Lilies, if you guys played that one as well. And a couple other games here and there. Mo Mother 3 was one of the other ones announced. One of the other bigger ones, Monster Hunter Stories. Um, quite a few games. And I think this is a pretty good direct by Nintendo. Uh, a lot of people rating it around a B, uh, mainly because there were a lot of kind of niche games in there. If you're not necessarily following the Japanese gaming market, some of these will not stick out to you as much as some of the other games in, say, an Xbox or a PlayStation showcase. Um, but they did do a pretty good job at least catering to that Asian crowd with quite a few different games um, that will target that audience and their popularity when it comes to the sales charts. So I'm excited for it. I think it should be good to see how everything plays out. Um, with that being said, we are in a year and a time where there are tons and tons of games coming out, and I think Nintendo has some bigger stuff to release later this year as well. Uh, their next first or their next single player, uh, actually, I don't know if it's single player 100%, but their next first party game uh, is set to be a Princess Peach game, and that one will be releasing in March. Unfortunately, not a part of this showcase as this was focused on partners, but one to look forward to a little bit later down the line. You know, Joey, the, the only thing that I hate the most about these Nintendo Directs is it makes me want to buy a Switch. But I also don't want to buy a Switch because the new Switch hardware is supposed to be coming out within a year. So, like, I really don't want to pay for old technology just for it to go away in a year. So, I'm kind of screwed. I want to play on the Nintendo Switch, but I just don't want to do it at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, right? Like, we keep having this tease of the Nintendo Switch 2. It was coming out last year, uh -huh. and then it's coming out this fall. And then some people are saying it's delayed to 2025. And no one really knows what this thing is doing at this point. Like, Nintendo has always had this, uh, I would say, like a nervous angst about moving from one console to another. Uh, unlike PlayStation, PlayStation especially, Xbox to some degree, but very much PlayStation. PlayStation is very good at keeping loyal fans and driving them from one console to another. However they do it, however they tie them in, it works very effectively. Uh, Nintendo has been very hit or miss. When you look at like the Wii to the Wii U, they lost a ton of people. On the Xbox side, the 360 to the Xbox One, obviously different decisions ended up driving that loss there. Uh, but it was tough to translate those crowds of players over from one unit to another. I think Switch is a little bit worried about that. Um, I think that on top of the pressure of maybe that PlayStation Pro coming out later this year, potentially that new Xbox unit coming out later this year. Uh, I think all these added pressures on top of just whatever their strategy is. I mean, I don't want to get into too many details, but Nintendo has had some games ready for years, guys. Like, they, they have this treasure trove of things that they can just pull from and be ready whenever. And now that they're kind of working toward, hopefully, what sounds like backwards compatibility... They'll what? be able to kind of launch these to fill gaps in the new Switch cycle. I do think some of these games that um, we might be expecting sooner than later, say like a Mario Kart, 
um, could end up being launch titles for this new Switch and maybe being held off until that Switch is ready, uh, whether that does end up being this fall like originally projected or if that does inch its way into 2025. So we'll see what Nintendo does next, but at least for now, as John said, they are dropping games. Uh, it does make people nervous to buy into the system if they don't even already have a Switch, though, uh, mainly because you just never know if that new hardware is right around the corner. Yeah. Nintendo, you can solve this problem. Just tell us. It's I know it's, cr it's a crazy idea. It's, it's absolutely crazy, but just tell us. We're good. Wild times. Wild times indeed. Uh, the other bit of Nintendo news, we don't really have much to share on this, but a Pokemon Presents has been announced. We're hey. looking at a 9 a.m. Eastern time time for that drop uh. on February 27th. Who likes to wake up bright and early, coffee in hand, and Pokemon on the screen? Exciting Pokemon news in celebration of Pokemon Day 2024. Again, guys, mark the calendar. February 27th at 9 a.m. Eastern time. All right, Joey. I, I, I'm, I need to get some professional advice from you. Oh, Lord. So as you know, and those who are close to me in the IRL world, if you will, know that I have a massive audit coming up next week. <laughs> a three-day hellacious audit from our divisional staff for my company, which includes Tuesday. Uh, 9 a.m. is roughly when everyone will be there bright and early in the morning to start the audit on the second day. But yet, I want to watch the Pokemon event. Do you think, with someone potentially being fired in those three days, I should put the Pokemon event on the TV screen in the front office, or should I put it in the back office so everyone can watch? <laughs> the back office, of course. Everyone's stressed okay. out. You might as well bring yeah, some enjoyment also. to the party, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I can see it now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So that is one to look forward to if you guys want the next news in Pokemon. Uh, usually with these, and don't quote me on this, but I feel like they jump around and hit quite a few games. So whether you're playing on Switch, whether you're playing Unite on PC or mobile, whether you're playing older Pokemon games, whether you're playing some is of the Unite mobile apps. Uh, I think so. I have played it on PC. It might have just been through an emulator, but I have played it on PC. Sir. So Unite is somewhere. Uh, it is playable <laughs> on PC, possibly through an emulator, possibly straight up. Um, but yes, yes, it is. Uh, you have apps out there. I think Pokemon Cafe has been in a few of these. Obviously, they have like the Pokemon Sleep and Pokemon Home and Pokemon Brush Your Teeth and all those random ones they dropped as well. Blue Stacks. So who knows? Uh, blue, is that how you do it? Okay. Yeah. So I did just play through an emulator. Um, but yes, Pokemon Unite. So. I'm sure Pokemon Unite will get updates. Still has quite a few players, especially over in Asia. Um, as well new as Pokemon other... coming out on Pokemon Day on Unite. There you go. We have new Pokemon. Probably some new trainer outfits as well. Um, maybe a new Pokemon game announcement? Mm -mm -mm. Possibly. Feels like there should be one. Um, but we will Unite. see. Oh, go. very nice. Look at that. Beautiful, blurry, but I love the black and red. Why do, you, why, why do I get that face? What? <laughs> Beautiful, blurry. <laughs> I mean, the picture was blur uh, blurry, um, but I could see that. I know. It's words, huh? Tax, what? Um, ah, good old audits at the end of the month there. Uh, ha let's see. PlayStation. Let's move to PlayStation. Nintendo, you've had quite a bit of time. Um, you don't usually get a lot of time, but we are going to move our way over to PlayStation because you did get quite a bit this week. Um, PlayStation, on the other hand, has not had such a great week. Uh, they had a pretty rough week financially. I think they lost... I don't remember the exact total in, I think it was like $10 billion in market cap. Don't quote me on that again, but it was somewhere around that total. So they lost a whole bunch. Uh, and the main reason why is PlayStation losing money? Is it because the PlayStation's not doing well? No, it's doing great. 
The reason they lost money is because PlayStation and Sony came out and said, hey, the PS5 is coming towards the latter half of its life. We don't expect console sales to continue going up from here. Yes, we'll still sell consoles, but we don't think they're going to sell at the rate we originally thought they were going to. So they have downgraded their console guidance. <clears throat> so to investors, we are not going to sell as many consoles. Oh, and wait, we are also not going to put out any first-party games this year for established IP. So everyone's like, okay, we're not going to have any of the big games. We're not going to get any Last of Us or God of War or all these titles that Sony is known for, like Spider-Man, like we had last year, which sucks. And it's rough for PlayStation gamers. I do think there are plenty of games out there and plenty of third party to support uh, the gamers on PlayStation, not to mention all of the games that are currently on there that they probably have not had time to play yet as well. Um, but... From a stockholder perspective, this isn't the greatest news to hear. Now, I think one thing people are glossing over is Sony said established IP. So this does not close the door on them releasing first-party games in new IP. So they could come out with something brand new. There's rumored to be a sci-fi game that they could release this year. Um, it's one of those things where I think people just get caught up on no established IP as opposed to looking at, oh, well, that does leave the door open for these other things. Now, I'm not going to promise you guys that they are releasing a new IP this year, but... I would be surprised if we go a full year with no first-party games released from PlayStation, so I think it is likely that you do get something. Maybe it's a smaller game, maybe it's a big AAA game, um, but I do think we'll get something first-party from them. Uh, with that being said, these stockholders and stakeholders were not super happy, so we did see them lose quite a bit of market share this week. Joy, I think the phrase, the PlayStation 5 is entering the back half of its life, kind of blows my mind a little bit. You know, I, you know. Again, you know, when you take a look at the jump from PS2 to PS3, that was like roughly what seven years for those consoles, and then from four to five was roughly ten years. You know, it just feels like the other day the PlayStation Five came out. It just feels like it was a couple years ago where, you know, you saw pictures of the PlayStation Five, but you never saw it in person because they were always sold out. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I have a hard time. With Sony saying it's entering the last half of its life cycle, like to me that just doesn't, you know, it doesn't seem right. Uh, you know, this is a console that is so much more powerful than the PlayStation Four ever was. It could ever dream to be, even the mid-generation refresh that it got, um, and even in the PlayStation Four era, they did not ever use that phrase "back half of its life." Uh, three, four years into its cycle. Um, so, so to me, it, that kind of sends me mixed signals. Like as a gamer, as an investor, you know, what do they really mean by that? And then you follow up with, oh, well, we're not going to be releasing any original IPs, uh, IP games of, of existing IP games this year. You know, it, it makes me wonder what's really going on behind the scenes. Did the whole thing with... Microsoft and the Blizzard Activision acquisition throw them off that bad. They spend all that time focusing and, and traveling around the world fighting that, that they just completely neglected the, the entire PlayStation 5 uh, department. I don't know, probably not, since they have more money than anyone knows what to do with. But it just it's a very interesting phrase to use that gives a lot of people that are either in the Sony camp or not in the Sony camp who just want to know what's going on in the world of video games and consoles it gives a lot of hesitation and worry. What is Sony really meaning by saying last half of this generation? Because, again, 
this generation's like three, four years old. It's it's barely out there. Uh, so so to me, it it seems a little strange. It's strange, but do keep in mind that does line up with your numbers, right? It if does. we're looking at seven to eight years, last half, we're in that fourth year now. So it is kind of moving its way in that direction. Uh, I think COVID really threw off a lot of people's mindsets. It felt like those were kind of <clears throat> lost years to some degree. You had so many games delayed. You were expecting all these great launch titles. We did get a few from both sides of Xbox and PlayStation. Um, but overall, we saw delay after delay and so many big titles. Like Zelda was originally at one point going to be a Switch launch title or was it going to be a, I don't know, because that's not true. Uh, it was going to be a 2020 release and it ended up releasing in 2022. Um, so it got delayed two years. On the Xbox and PlayStation side, I don't remember the exact titles of the games, but we saw some of those delayed from those launch windows. Um, Halo, obviously, being a bigger one that was officially announced and then delayed. Uh, you had Starfield delayed a little bit later. Not a launch title, but a big title that got delayed quite a while. Um, on the PlayStation side, God of War was announced to come out a year before it actually ended up coming out. So there were some big ones. Not necessarily those aren't the launch titles per se outside of Halo, um, but we did see some big titles on both of those consoles that did get released in 2020 get pushed back years later. So I think that's part of kind of what drives this aspect of why we feel like latter half shouldn't be said yet. Um, but I think to the other degree, with everything being delayed, I don't really feel like anyone has taken full advantage of this hardware yet. Like exactly. we have seen very few games really even touch on the capabilities of what either side of this hardware can do. Like people are like, ooh, ah, DualSense controller. And yes, some games take advantage of it, great. And then the super fast SSD that PlayStation has. Some games have taken some advantage of it, sure. Xbox with high velocity architecture has barely been touched as well. Uh, you look at all the stuff coming in with Dolby Atmos and Dolby Vision. Yeah, you're getting some more colors here and there, some new spatial audio, but it, no one has really fully tapped that potential either. Uh, and it just feels like there is so much being left on the table with these two consoles. And now, again, the base one's not even being tapped. We're already getting pro consoles potentially this year with PlayStation and Xbox both rumored to maybe have some kind of refresh coming out. Do we need a pro console? Probably not. I mean, I don't know about you, John, but my games load in in like 20 seconds on the Xbox Series X. And it's if like, that. do I want to wait, I don't know, five seconds less to load in, 10 seconds less? It's just, I don't know if it's really worth buying a pro right now. It feels like you can just wait it out. These have not been fully tapped. And then a few years later, whether it be three or four, you get a new console completely as an option. Um, I just, yeah, I feel like it's a very odd time for that. It does line up with the timelines you mentioned, but it just doesn't feel like it does quite as cleanly as it has in the past. Like it, it does line up for sure. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just talking about in, in generations past, that was never a phrase that was used yeah. where they publicly came out and said, Hey, look, this generation of console is essentially going to die soon. Uh, it was, oh, it's the mid-generation refresh. And then it's the, oh, we're going to start teasing the next generation. It was never publicly said, hey, this generation's dying. Um, and and I think you know, in the world of stocks, in the world of investment, verbiage is very important. Mm -hmm. And if a company comes out and uses terminology like, oh, we're entering the back half of this generation's life cycle, um, that kind of you know puts some people at 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 at, at a discomfort, if I will, um, and I, I feel like that's that's the biggest thing here is in a world of uncertainty. Now even Sony's coming out and saying this amazing piece of hardware that we put out that 
no one's really taken advantage of its capabilities yet because obviously most of the specs were kept behind lock and key or you had to go into a padded room with gloves on to touch it while being supervised <laughs> by 18 people from Sony. Um, you know, developers just got their hands on this. I mean, these games take five, six, seven, eight plus years to develop. And then now they finally have their hands on the hardware specs and everything. And, and yeah, we had COVID where developers were at home and everything, but it's just, I don't know, like that phrasing to me is a big red flag. And that makes me nervous for what Sony is going to be doing going forward. I mean, not to spend a ton more time on this topic, yeah. but I think you hit another good point as well. Uh, when we look at maybe why Sony's a little bit drier this year, as far as those established IP, just the length of time it takes to develop games nowadays. Yeah. Thank God of War Ragnarok was like five or six years in development. The Last of Us obviously took quite a bit of time in development too. The one big exception is Insomniac Games. I don't know how they push out the amount of games they do so quickly with Ratchet and Clank and Spider-Man. Uh, you have Miles Morales in there. You have the remaster Spider-Man 2. Uh, it just feels like that studio just cranks out games at an unreasonable rate. Uh, but every other studio, all these other ones doing these kind of epic AAA games are taking a lot of time to get them to come out. And that's just the way the industry is right now. It's not just Sony. It's a lot of these big AAA developers. Uh, it's one of the kind of common things throughout the industry in that sense. And it's just something we've seen more and more. And I think now it's starting to add up. And this might be also why we see Sony being a little bit more critical of PlayStation's business right now. Uh, some of the decisions being made, obviously the pivot to live service has brought a lot of... Um, criticism and feedback um, from fans as well as other business models and developers. Um, and I think as Sony continues to push down that direction, that also changes the timeline a little bit. If one of those live service games lands really well, maybe they pivot more of their financial um, budgeting toward that game, some of their hardworking developers toward that game. I don't know 100% what this looks like, and I don't know if Sony really does either, um, but they're still trying to kind of find that balance of new age live service games that could make us a lot of money versus those big tried and true games like your epic single player uh third person god of wars and horizon zero dawn so uh, i think as they go it'll get a little bit more clearer and i do think publishing probably sooner and sooner on pc eventually day and date is probably going to be their next big move uh, and one of those things that they're trying to do john is bring psvr 2 to the pc as well uh, we saw it jump out to pretty early, strong sales initially when it launched. Then from there, it kind of dropped off a little bit. And it looks like one of their plans to continue expanding their player base, again, sticking with PC like they have with games and the way they're moving in the game's direction. It sounds like they're going to do the same thing with the VR unit as well. Last but not least, in the PlayStation section, we have Mark Wahlberg coming out and confirming that Uncharted 2 is a go. Uh, for those who saw Uncharted 1 and enjoyed it, guess what? The script is ready for Uncharted 2. Uh, it does seem like that will be making a return once again. Tom Holland, Mark Wahlberg, and the crew uh, making their way as a younger Nathan Drake uh, now hitting the silver screen once again. I like that. For those who enjoyed it. <laughs> I, I mean, I thought it was good. It From... I don't know. I have to... Mm, here we go. I feel like I need to walk on eggshells in this one. I enjoyed it as a movie. As a Uncharted movie, I feel like it... I do not want to make this comparison. Um, uh, it it kind of gets... Uh, this is so bad. Make it gives me a little bit of Halo Silver Team vibes, like the Halo Paramount show. Yeah. Now, uh, now, no, 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 no. Back yeah, up, back up, back up. Okay. I okay. Think the, I think a lot of stuff is much better done in the Uncharted movie, but it kind of takes its own way of stepping away from the games pulling parts of the lore away and then spinning it in its own direction. 
I still lean toward, I like our idea initially of spinning off within the actual universe. Maybe you follow the main character, maybe you don't, but it actually exists within the lore. And to some degree, you could argue that this could exist within the lore. Um, I just feel like some of the casting maybe would not have been the direction I would have taken it. And I feel like it doesn't go full silver team, but they do branch out a little bit more than I think I would like. Now, with that being said, if I don't necessarily loop it back to Uncharted, I think it's a great movie and I quite enjoyed it. I'd probably give it like an 8 out of 10, 7 out of 10. So, Joey, can I put you down for Master Chief taking his helmet off in Episode 1 and banging an alien in Episode 8 uh, for Uncharted going forward? And I hope not. I yeah. really hope not. Well. Nathan Drake needs to keep his pickaxe to himself, if you know what I mean. Hey, yo. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, let's switch over to Xbox. We have a yeah, why don't we? Here, <laughs> and then we'll slide into multi-game Jeez. soon. Uh, coming up in Game Pass in the second half of February, we have some new games. One that's been on John and I's radar for quite a while. That is Bluey the Video Game. Uh, looking forward to diving into that one soon. Uh, let's take a look at what is coming soon. We have February 27th, Man Eater and Madden NFL 24. That one coming to the cloud. Indivisible coming on February 28th. February 29th brings Space Engineers. March 5th brings one of the bigger games in the table here, Warhammer 40K Bulk Gun. And also, they shadow dropped this week Dead Island 2 and announced Diablo 4 coming to the service on March 28th. So, Dead Island 2 available now, Diablo 4 coming March 28th. Last but not least, they did drop some games the day of the announcement, which is this week. We saw Return to Grace, Tales of Arise, and again, that previously mentioned Bluey the video game, all currently available in the service. And last but not least, John, I really want you to take flight in this one so I can get a good look without crashing. Microsoft Flight Simulator has dropped their Dune expansion. Uh, we do have a little launch trailer we can play for those here with us live on Twitch. Um, I'm super stoked for the new Dune movie. It's reviewing extremely well. I love the first one, and I love the idea of kind of immersing myself further into that world. Uh, not me physically, because I would be terrified in that world. The sandworms would really... Uh, you think I don't like spiders? You should see me with sandworms. Um, Microsoft Flight Simulator, though, I think gives us a fun way of experiencing that nice and safely from our piloting spot. Uh, unless you're me and you drive into cliffs. Joe, you don't drive into cliffs. You fly. Fly. Into and, cliffs. Excuse me. See, that's Gosh. why I should not have a pilot license. <sighs> yeah, no, I, I like this expansion. I like this uh, um, partnership here to help promote Dune. Uh, Joey, it wasn't long ago where video games were released to help promote movies. Mm. Uh, think of the original Spider-Man trilogy with Tobey Maguire. Um, yeah, every single one of them had a video game to correlate with the movie. It came out roughly the same time to help promote it. Uh, so this is really cool. I think this is great. Um, yeah, I'm I'm down to try this out, even though, hate to break it to you, this aircraft is not exactly real-life aerodynamic <laughs> or anything. Uh, the fact that it even flies does not make scientific sense, even with the wings flapping that hard. Um, they would have to flap so hard uh, that the frame that it's on would be vibrating to the point that it falls apart. Uh, so I just don't. I no. It, it it's a video. Not game. Not quite fly. a real dragonfly. No, huh? it's not. No, a, a dragonfly's thrust to body ratio with how fast their wings go makes sense. Uh, for that to replicate on. An airframe that big, either you will break apart into pieces midair or you will be shaken to death. Uh, one of the two uh, before you're even airborne. So I just, yeah, any who's these, yeah. Okay. Sorry to burst Shake your bubble. it off in the dragonfly. <laughs> 
<laughs> good times, good times. Well, if you guys want to head to Arrakis in this imaginary aircraft that may or may not fly, depending on what John's deciding physically that week, uh, really you guys can well. jump into that uh, in Microsoft Flight Sim, available Xbox and PC. Next up, we started touching on it in the Nintendo Direct just to briefly go over it once more. Uh, Xbox last week made an announcement that they're going to start by bringing four games. They didn't say they're going to continue, but I think most people assuming they will continue to bring a few more games down the stretch at the very least. They announced four games, and they officially announced them all in a blog post today, uh, a few days ago. We have Pentiment. That one we talked about in the Switch Direct. It will be coming to the Nintendo Switch and PS4 and PS5. Available today. Available this week. Uh, on top of that, if you would like the physical copy, Limited Run Games will be running a version of that that you can pre-order, and I believe that is available today as well. After that, we have Grounded, the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids game we also touched on in the Direct. That one will be coming to Nintendo Switch, PS4, and PS5 in mid-April. I think it's April 16th, if I remember correctly. So if you guys want to shrink on down, take on those spiders, whether they're in arachnophobia mode or straight on up, uh, hang out with the bees, go into the broodmother's nest, and so on and so forth, you can do so in mid-April. Hi-Fi Rush, game number three. This one coming to PlayStation 5 and rumored to come to Nintendo Switch 2, potentially as a launch title, or whatever that end of the name ends up being. Uh, Super Nintendo Switch, I know it's a popular one out there. Uh, that will be coming Ooh, in March cool. to PlayStation. Wouldn't that be great? Ah, that would be a great throwback. Uh, SNS. But yes. Ooh. Uh, it's so Ooh. good. Super Nintendo Switch. Uh, that would definitely slap my A button if I say so. Hey. Um, Hi-Fi Rush coming to PS5 again, March. I think this one's mid-March, uh, like March 19th, if I remember correctly. We do have a little trailer we can play for you on stream here, and I think we can play this one with sound if we want to, John, um, but that is up to you. Um, it's a cute little trailer, the main character Chai coming out and going, uh, talking to some of the other characters in-game and talking about the new release on PlayStation. Uh, nothing mentioned about Switch, but again, I think this is one we could look forward to as a potential Switch title later down the line. Oh my gosh, you with that. Uh, and then <laughs> last, but not, not <laughs> last but not least, Sea of Thieves. This one also not yet confirmed for Nintendo Switch, um, but it will be coming to PlayStation 5. Uh, again, Hi-Fi Rush and um, Sea of Thieves are not coming to PlayStation 4. They are PlayStation 5 only titles, at least for now. So no sign of PlayStation 4 and no sign of Switch officially as of yet. Um, but Sea of Thieves, if you guys want to play a pirate game that is doing a little bit better than Skull and Bones, a lot you can better. do so in late April on the PlayStation 5 with Sea of Thieves or currently on Xbox consoles and PC. Uh, just side note here, uh, Sony fanboys out there, Hi-Fi Rush is a game you need to play. So good. Period. In the story. Uh, put your hatred aside. It's a fantastic game. Uh, I, I have a feeling if you play it, you're going to like it. it. It's that good of a game. Uh, big, big fans of it here at Level Up and OTN. Uh, Discord loved it as well. Uh, so, yeah, that's definitely a game. If you had to pick one of these four to dive into, that's the one that gets my stamp of approval. Definitely check out Hi-Fi Rush. Now, John, you've played a fair amount of Sea of Thieves as well. Uh, I think that one is probably right up there getting that stamp too, Mr. Pirate no, Legend himself. No, <laughs> uh, The reason why it doesn't is because that game is toxic. Uh, <laughs> the game is hella toxic. Uh, there is nothing worse than trying to complete a tall tale and then three ships just coming over and sinking you and all you want to do is turn in the golden skull and get your money and you're just trying to sail around peacefully and then some sweaty tryhards from Australia come up out of nowhere and they just follow you around and spawn camp you and sink you over and over and over. And I think over. they added private servers though, didn't they? they or is that just still talk? So they do have private servers now uh, where everything you do only gives you 30% 
progression. Oh. Um, and you can't earn rank and you can't do anything like that. But you can do tall tales, but only at 30% um, okay. reward. So there is some so, trade off there. Yeah. So you can okay. have fun, but it's going to cost you. Well, ahoy, mateys, if you want to set sail on that, uh, whether it be for the PvE, PvP, or all of the above at a reduced rate, uh, you can do so when that drops later on in April on the PlayStation or, again, currently on Xbox consoles and PC. Over to our PC section of the show tonight, John. This one should be a little quicker. Uh, Epic Games Store review in 2023. Uh, This is something Epic has been doing the last couple years. It's very interesting because typically it's like, we gave away this many games this year and we lost this much money. And they're like, maybe it'll pay off next year because we're renewing it. And then it's like, we lost even more money. It's like, okay, Epic, is this ever going to turn around? Well, guys, it looks like 2023 may be the year. Uh, they didn't really dive too much into how much they lost in revenue on those free games, but they gave us some pretty numbers to beautify things a little bit here, or at least for the investors. 270 million PC users is their new total, adding 40 million this year. We're up to 75 million monthly active users on the Epic Game Store. They added 68 million monthly active this year. That is a huge jump. Um, I think a lot of that is coming from Epic Games themselves. Obviously, Fortnite had a very strong year overall, especially going back to some of those classic guns, classic maps, uh, brought in a ton of users, and apparently some of those did stick around for quite a bit uh, with a massive jump in monthly active users. Uh, spending also went up, $950 million spent in the store, and that is an increase of 16%. We also saw $310 million on third-party games. That is down 13%. So less spending on third-party games, more of those probably being bought on Steam and the Microsoft Store and other alternatives versus the Epic Game Store selling quite well for their own games. Uh, that's stuff like Fall Guys, Fortnite, um, all of those kind of big Epic games that fall under that umbrella as well as the ones they have publishing deals on as well. Last but not least for the Epic Game Store, if you want to jump into a new free game this week, Super Meat Boy Forever is going to be that game for you. Uh, John, loving that title over there. I think it's like a $19, $20 value. You can go ahead and get that one for free for the next seven days if you want to join Super Meat Boy Forever on the Epic Game Store. Uh, let's see. Last but not least in the PC section, we have NVIDIA. Uh, they're replacing the GeForce Experience app with an all-new app. Uh, this one is supposedly going to do everything. So everything from updating your graphics cards to letting you play NVIDIA GeForce Now, their cloud gaming service, uh, to changing the settings, updating other drivers, and so on and so forth. Uh, John, I don't know about you, but I feel like the GeForce Experience app has felt a little dated at times. This looks like a much cleaner experience, bringing everything under one umbrella and kind of unifying that NVIDIA brand in one place software-wise. I think this is a big plus for them and one that I would argue is a little bit overdue. At the same point, uh, their stock keeps soaring, their numbers keep soaring, so does it really matter? Probably not in the end, um, but it is a nice cleaner view for customers moving forward. Yeah, that app was bad. Uh, so it definitely needed an overhaul. So uh, kudos to NVIDIA. They're finally putting those record profits to use. How about that? They are. They are indeed. So if you guys want to check that out, I don't know when this one drops. Let me give a quick scan if we have a date. Uh, users can download other NVIDIA apps from the NVIDIA app like NVIDIA Broadcast. Da, 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 da. Uh, you can download the NVIDIA app beta here. So it is in beta. Uh, we have given our warnings on alphas and betas before on the show. Uh, it's one of those things where you kind of assume your risks if you decide to jump into that alpha or beta. Depending on the later stages, it's usually a little bit more stable. But those early stages can end up 
I'm not going to say fry your graphics card, um, but there can be some buggy updates where you might have to go back and download an older driver. That's something that will happen today, potentially with your graphics card as well, um, but it does raise that risk a little bit jumping into something in an alpha or beta stage. I think that does it, John, unless you want to say anything else about NVIDIA or Super Meat Boy. I don't know anything about Super Meat Boy. <laughs> he does not slap my A button. Sorry. Hey, he goes for your B button. Let's slide over to Multiplat General Gaming News. We have a couple more stories, then we'll wrap up today's show in a nice bow. Uh, MOBA hero shooter Gigantic is making a return. John, this is huge. This is ginormous. This is gigantic. Uh, for those of you who remember, this was a MOBA hero shooter that came out, I want to say, around the same time as Overwatch. Overwatch dwarfed it by quite a bit. Uh, Overwatch as a team kind of hero shooter just ended up doing a lot better. It had the Blizzard name behind it. It had likable characters like Winston and May. And Gigantic just never really quite took off. Well, it said in the age of live service, we're going to make a return. Uh, we're going to see if we can do things better this time. And they come out with a nice early price point of $20. Think priced very reasonably. I probably would have leaned toward free as something trying to land on its feet here in a really a time of live service games everywhere. A lot of those being free. Um, but we saw Helldivers 2 do really well recently, and that came out at a $40 price point. So maybe 20 could be a sweet spot for them. This one is going to set and launch on PC, PlayStation, and Xbox platforms on day one. And that day one will be April 9th, 2024. So if you're excited in the return of Gigantic, you want to give it a try again. Um, hopefully there'll be some demos out there as well. But at least for now, it's looking like a $20 price point. Uh, new and improved graphics. It does look good. It does look fun. Does it look like enough fun to keep me around for the long term? I, I think my answer is still the same as when it originally came out. I think there are other better looking games, at least for me personally, at least on the market right now. Um, so I do think it has a tall hill to climb on the way of making its way into that live service heart of many players. Anything else to say on Gigantic, the next MOBA hero shooter? Uh, it's a gigantic pass for me. Gigantic pass. John mm. will rather play some Skull and Bones this week. Uh, oh, no, no, sir. <laughs> I don't hate myself that much. Yikes. Uh, yeah, that's, that is a colossal failure as well. I will not um, be one of the <laughs> less than million players playing that game. Yeah, that is that is a rough one over there on the old Skull and Bone ship. Uh, one that should be pretty good when it comes out at launch, Riot Games. Uh, Riot Games, I'm going to say, does not miss very often. We have seen stuff that is not quite as popular as other things. TFT has definitely lost a big amount of its player base. Uh, we've seen Legends of Runeterra, the kind of Hearthstone-esque card game, lose quite a bit of its player base. League of Legends still thriving. Valorant doing extremely well. Uh, pulled a number of players from CSGO as well for that one. This next one, I think, could land extremely well too. Now, it is in the fighting game genre. The fighting game community is extremely passionate. Uh, and there are some big games out there, right? Mortal Kombat, Tekken, a number of other ones we can name here. But Riot Games has a great backing. They've done live service. In my humble opinion, I'm not a big member of the fighting game community, but they do live service better than almost every other company out there, in my humble opinion. And I think if they can bring that at a balanced rate here to Project L, now officially titled 2XKO, which I think is two times knockout is what they're kind of going for. I'm not a big fan of the name, um, but I am a fan of the way Riot does live service. So I think this one has potential. Graphically, I think it looks great. You have a character base that you can draw from with League of Legends. Maybe eventually we see Valorant characters jump in there as well or some kind of crossovers. Um, I think artistically it looks super clean, though, John. I'm not a huge fighting game player myself. Um, I have enjoyed my Sub-Zero days on Mortal Kombat from time to time. Um, but I think this looks fun to dive into, and I think it would be a fun little fighting game and potentially a really strong competitive scene to come. Yeah, I think they're really playing into the whole uh, art style of Arcane. 
on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what I'm really seeing in the background art also. And really, in the fighters' arts also, it, it's more of a traditional cartoon version uh, of what we saw from Arcane. Uh, so really, really like the graphics uh, from the preview that we see. Uh, it looks smooth. It looks like it's working, like it, it flows well. Uh, we'll see how the fighting game community does with it, though. Um, they get really picky uh, with their games, rightfully so. They're a very passionate fan group uh, of these games. Uh, so they're, they're not going to accept anything that's that's not good. Uh, so I, I think this is a, a bold move for Riot going into the fighting game genre. Uh, I think it's a big gamble that can pay off if they do it well. Um, I do think uh, they were predicting something here in the future um, with Project L um, being the project name. Uh, who knew that they were uh, guessing that their uh, title for their game when it comes out would be a big L? Uh, th- this name is horrible. Mm. Th- this name is terrible. Uh, 2XKO? What? That that like, If you were to come up to me and say, have you played the new fighting game? 2XKO, I would be like, okay, what indie developer made that? And then you say, oh, Riot Games. I'd be like, I'm sorry, what? And then you tell me, oh, it falls in line in the League of Legends uh, universe also. And I'd be like, you're out of your damn mind. There's no way. There's no way. This name's terrible. I don't know. I I would love to have sat in on that uh, uh, group where they're like running past those names to everyone and hear the reasoning why they went with 2XKO. I just, I don't know. I don't think it's good. Yeah, no, I really don't think it's that great. And I feel like the name of the community is going to be like the LOL fighting game or the League of Legends fighting game or something is kind of going to be what it's called online at this point. Um, The game itself looks great. I love the art style. I think you are straight head on when it comes to the arcane art style being the kind of thought behind it. Uh, This did get drawn up, I believe, before Arcane, um, but again, it is that similar art style, so whoever came first, it really doesn't matter, chicken and the egg, right? That kind of argument. Um, But yes, very much that same vein of art, and Arcane did very well in art. It won a number of awards for art. I don't see why you don't want to push it forward to the video game, and I think that Riot is thinking the same thing as well. So I do expect that one to land pretty well, and I think, again, the fighting game genre and circuit for esports has these set titles that have been around forever. Street Fighter has been around for God knows how long. Mortal Kombat, obviously, many, many years, decades upon decades. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit harder to get into in that sense. But at the same point, these other games have not necessarily been true to their fans at times. They have let them wait or they have waited too long to change these things that people thought should have been changed many, many times ago. Or maybe their online is just not super great. I know that was an issue with like Soul Calibur back in the day. I think Riot Games has shown with their track record of League of Legends and Valorant that they can come in, they can deliver regular weekly or bi-weekly patches that change any of those issues that people may be having. And on top of that, they have that great online infrastructure already built, and you have a giant Chinese company in Tencent backing them as well. So your resources are kind of unlimited in that sense um, versus some of these other ones that Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, and such may run into a little bit more difficulty to with their backing uh, and with their past potential. So we'll see how it ends up landing. I think when it comes to esports, especially Riot Games just does a phenomenal job, and I could see this having a pretty strong scene when it eventually does come out at stuff like Evo. Next up, the Borderlands movie. For the Borderlands players out there, if you've dived into any of the series, there is rumored to be a Borderlands 4 game in the works too, but for now, we got a movie trailer. 
Uh, it looks like this one is starring Kate Blanchett as Lilith, Kevin Hart as Roland, Ariana Greenblatt as Tiny, Tina, Jack Black as Claptrap, which I think is great, uh, and many more. There is a nice People article about that one as well if you guys want to read more about it. I believe, I don't have the date in front of me, but I want to say it's this fall, like August or September is going to be the release date of this one uh, when it eventually does come out. Uh, Budget-wise, John, I feel like the trailer comes through pretty strongly. The CGI is well done in the trailer. The casting seems to be... I mix on certain parts of the casting, but overall I feel like it's decent and I think they could fill their roles. Um, Kevin Hart in particular plays someone who's a little bit more serious and I'm curious to see Kevin Hart take on a more serious role or if they do end up spinning it more in the Kevin Hart direction of kind of making Roland that ex-soldier a little bit more comedic relief. Um, with that being said, budget-wise, it looks good. I feel like video game movies have definitely taken a turn uh, in shows as well with The Last of Us obviously winning a ton of awards recently. I think we could see them start continuing to trend upward uh, as we move forward. Is if this going to be one of them? I don't know. Um, I think this is going to land somewhere around where we saw, like, um, what was it, Dungeons of Dragons, Honor Among Thieves or something like that uh, with Chris Pine. I think this is going to be in that similar vein, very similar comedy style, uh, very similar landing where it's not the highest of rated movies and it's not the lowest, somewhere right around that 75, 85 range at the highest. Um, but overall, I think I would go see it in September or August whenever it drops. Yeah, the, the casting of this is, is absolutely insane. That's where 80% of this budget went to was casting. That's nutty, mm -hmm. all the names they have in here. Yeah, it is a big one indeed. Okay, guys, couple more topics. We have a unanimous Game of the Year winner, Elden Ring, getting a new DLC. Shadow of the Erd Tree is set to drop in June. We do have a trailer we can play for you guys here on the show. Um, there's going to be a complete edition as well that comes out when this eventually does drop too. But, John, we're looking at, if you're going to buy the standalone DLC, the game itself was $70 for Elden Ring. The DLC is going to be set at a $39 price point. Uh, that is some of the highest pricing for DLC I can think of. Uh, the most comparable thing is, like, a WoW expansion. Like, a big live service game expansion, I think, is the only thing in that same price range as far as video game expansions go. Uh, so, Elden Ring really plowing into the, we won a ton of awards, and now we're giving you more content. Give us the moolah. Um, hopefully this will be pretty stacked as far as expansions go with quite a bit of story, quite a bit of bosses uh, to continue and meet that $40 price point. Yeah, Joey, we're, we're getting to the point uh, where consoles are going to cost five, six, seven hundred dollars and video games are going to be a hundred bucks and it's going to be ridiculous and which is going to make things like Game Pass even that much more important. Uh, it's this is nutty. Uh, it, yeah, I, I'm kind of curious as to how much content you actually get in this DLC for that price point. Because, I mean, like you said, that price point is right there with World of Warcraft for an expansion, right? Uh, which is a live service game that gets a ton of content patches in its two-year cycle. Uh, I just... Uh, if you're going to sit here and tell me it's 40 bucks for an additional eight hours of content... We're going to have problems. If you're going to sit here and tell me it's 40 bucks for a three-hour campaign and a crappy multiplayer experience and you, you just call it Call of Duty uh, Modern Warfare 3 again, I, just, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just, to me, uh, I'm very curious to see what's all included in this DLC. Yeah, agreed. I feel like if you're going to price it that high, like you can lean into your awards to some degree, and I guarantee tons of people are going to buy this regardless of price point. Um, but it is one of those things that you really hope it does deliver on some kind of epic story. Um, and again, this is not the most narrative driven of games. The narrative is really based in the environment. Um, but as far as like map size, maybe number of bosses, 
Uh, I really do hope they deliver in that sense. Next up is Minecraft. They're bringing official mod support to all platforms. Their first free add-ons available now. Not going to dive a ton into this. Uh, mod support has always kind of been there for the Java edition. Now it's coming to the Bedrock edition as well for all of those platforms, including Windows PC, Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo Switch. Uh, we're looking at side-loading mods to the Bedrock edition. We're looking at first Minecraft add-ons releasing. Let's just run through a couple of these. We have Gravestone. This is a free one. Buries your freshly deceased corpse along with all of your items, making it easy to return to the site of your death whenever you can to pick up all of your lost gear. Uh, for those playing Pal World, it really sucks to die to a monster halfway across the map and then have to go pick up your gear. This is a nice way of kind of bypassing that and making it available at your gravestone. We have furniture add-ons with 20 new furniture items to Minecraft, uh, all compatible within the world. We have Hiker's Friend, another free add-on, adding a collection of camp-focused gear and tools to help you survive in the Minecraft wilderness including sleeping bags, functioning lanterns, camping chairs, and even a handy climbing pick for those who want to jump up there with Uncharted's Drake. Uh, we have a bunch of other stuff too, guys. We have spark pets, more TNT, all the wool, deco craft in Minecraft, and so much more. If you guys want to check out those add-ons, they are now available, and most of those I just listed are free and available on all of those platforms. So Minecraft bringing mod support across the board I think is a huge win for gamers and a great way to continue to enlighten that giant community that is with Minecraft and allowing that creativity to really flow. Some other games that received high praise and critical praise this week, that is Bolitro. Bolitro reviews came out on OpenCritic this week, uh, I believe available on multiple platforms. This is kind of a poker-playing game with different stakes uh, where you're trying to switch up the game on people. 92 out of 100 rating for critics, with 100% of critics recommending that game. We also got reviews for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth this week. Uh, John and I have definitely given our thoughts on Final Fantasy, but this one does look quite good overall. A critic score of 93, with 100% of critics recommending it as well. This one drops on PlayStation 5 as a launch exclusive later this month, I believe late next week. And last but not least, in the upcoming section, something to look forward to. In addition to that Pokemon Presents later on next week, we also have a Nacon Connect announced for February 29th at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. That one will feature Greedfall 2, The Dying World, Test Drive, Unlimited Solar Crown, Raven's Watch, Crown Wars, The Black Prince, and more. So if you guys are into Nacon games or Pokemon games, it's definitely worth staying tuned next week for those two showcases when they do drop on the 27th and 29th, respectively. With that being said, John, I don't think there's too much more to cover on this episode. Uh, unless you want to go over anything else, like what you've been playing lately, what you've been up to. I know you're getting excited for all that work that comes at the end of the month with your end-of-the-month audit. Um, but other than that, I think we've just kind of been trying to coast where we can. I know I've been tackling my backlog. Uh, you've been playing your respective games as well. I know I just caught up to you and finished Jacent. Uh We had a ton of fun from that one with Don't Nod. You beat me to the finish in that one, Such but I finally caught up. Such I know, it game. was great. It was a good climbing experience. Uh, though I will say, some of those dang collectibles were hard as heck to find in that one. Uh, they definitely took me a couple chapter reloads to find all of those in the end. But it was a great game and definitely would recommend as an indie. I just found all the altars my first playthrough. I know, that's impressive. I'm yeah. really surprised. That one you had to kind of like drop through a hole randomly. I was like, I don't know if I would have found this. Uh, if it was, So after I, first, after I found the first... Uh, altar, I realized that they're kind of like in these back hidden areas. Mm. So I started going out of my way like, oh, there's a hallway here that you clearly should go down <laughs> to continue the story. But this other hallway looks suspicious. And it was always down that hallway. It was always down the weird hallway or the weird room with the hole in the ground. Uh, and then there's always that like cool blue glowy light 
uh, which oh, was yeah. always fun. The cool poly um, light. Yeah, it's it, it's small things like that. But no, um, yeah, games I've been playing. Uh, I re-downloaded Pokemon Go. Um, that hey. was weird. Uh, Warcraft really Rumbles. hitting that Pokemon phrase for you right now. Yeah, huh? like it's coming back strong for some reason. <laughs> I think um, it's the Power World in you. I, I think I think it maybe I think it maybe was Power World. That was a lot of fun. Uh, still is fun, but um, yeah, Pokemon Go killing it there. Uh, Pokemon Unite, uh, two mobile games. Joey, who would have thought? Um, and then. For Xbox, uh, I'm just getting ready for MLB The Show coming up next month. Uh, that, that's my next big game that I'm looking forward to. That's going to you know, usually take up most of my gaming time. Uh, it's been my number one game the past several years uh, on Xbox Game Pass as well. Uh, there's some other games on there that I want to try as well that I've downloaded. I've, uh, I've played a little bit of uh, Turnip Boy Robs a Bank. Uh, that's a lot of fun. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to keep playing that a little bit too. Uh, the finals is another one. Oh, um, right. so, uh, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of really cool small games out there that I've been dabbling in, but, uh, really the one I'm looking forward to the most right now, uh, granted, uh, the uniforms in real life are absolute crap, uh, but it's MLB the show. Very soon. You're less than a month away, right? Like half a month. I think it's like, uh, March. yeah, if, if you get the uh, deal, if you get the, uh, early access, it'll be the 15th of March. There you go. Um, but uh, that too, as well. Okay, yes, Hell Divers too. Yeah, but I'm not playing Hell Divers. I'm not. I'm not spreading democracy. I'm spreading the dictatorship. Um, but uh, no. Side note. Also, uh, next week starts up the NBA 2K League season, um, which is going to throw a wrench into a lot of our broadcasts as well. So uh, we said it at the top of the show. We'll say it again here at the end of the show, and I'll say it again right now. Make sure you follow. Uh, OTN Media on social media so we can get you the updated uh, dates and times for those shows uh, because those broadcasts start next week as well. So not only do I have that audit, Joey, I've got 2K League action I have to call for yeah, you uh, do. two-time champs, Wizards District Gaming. So super excited uh, for that to be uh, starting back up again. Uh, and if you're interested, shameless plug Wizards DG on Twitch uh, if you want to catch those. Um, I don't know how much I'm allowed to actually say here as I'm actually playing the wrong outro music. Um, <laughs> I started talking about Wizard Gene. I played the game on DC stuff. Um, there we go. That's the right one. Uh, yeah, so new format. They're going to be doing a pregame show uh, this year, 30 minutes before tip-off. And then uh, that is going to be hosted uh, with No Sleeves, who's a prominent NHL streamer. Uh, he did a little work with uh, the Toronto Raptors and their 2K League team last year. Uh, so he'll be doing the pregame show this go around. Uh, and then we'll have about a five, 10 minute crossover where we talk about the matchup. And then it will be uh, WizDG Game Day with yours truly. That's the actual title. Uh, not yours truly, but it's actually my name. So it's kind of weird. Uh, but that's going to be really exciting. Super excited uh, to be back again for my fourth, fifth year doing this now. It's absolutely wild to think I've been doing it for this long. But, Joey, super excited. Make sure you all tune in for WizDG Action. I guess I'll just roll into the closing nation. That's going <laughs> to do it for this edition of Level Up Live. <laughs> but before you go, make sure you follow the show on Twitch to catch the next episode of Level Up Live. If you listen to the show on our podcast feed, please do leave us a review. The Level Podcast is available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, 
and your podcatcher of choice. We would love to hear from you, and we have multiple ways for you to reach out to us. Joey, what are some of those ways? Absolutely, guys. Head over to X and Facebook and find us at OTN Media. On top of that, Instagram and threads at OTN underscore media. Last but not least, check out our Discord server, discord.me forward slash OTN if you want to talk gaming, sports, and all that goodness. On top of just a general chat, we have like a nice music share channel. We have some good old spicy memes. we got it all going over on Discord discord.me forward slash otn and last but not least we stream this show regularly on twitch again as john said the broadcast time may change typically 8 p.m eastern time on thursdays that's going to shift a bit so make sure you follow us on social media at otn media and you can find us on twitch twitch.tv forward slash otn media as well all right so normally it would be next thursday uh the 29th uh tbd follow social media how about that but make sure you follow social media and us here on Twitch as we continue to cover the latest grace in gaming news. Do your ears and eyes a favor. Hit that sub and follow button to know when the next episode of Level Up Live is ready for your entertainment pleasures. We will catch you all next show, whenever that might be. Uh, be nice to your fellow gamers online. And as always, level up.